everybody. We're on Daf Pei Aleph. Uh, so compl- some complicated laws today. Uh, we're focusing on this concept called uh, Tumat Tehom. Uh, Mishnah above uh, mentioned it and said, This means an unknown source of purity. So in general, let's say there was a murder, right? And the murderer hid the body. Um, and so the murderer knows that the body is there. Now, if I come along and happen to pass over it, happen to touch it without realizing, so I don't realize I'm tameh, but if it turns out afterwards that I was there and I touched it, so I'm tameh and I couldn't have bring, brought Korban Pesach and that's a problem. That's a regular source of tumah because someone knew about it. We're talking about here is a case where no one in the world knew that there was a body buried in this place. For example, a bunch of rocks from an avalanche came in uh, and uh, piled on the person. Nobody was there. No one knows it's there. And only later we find out. So then there's a special dispensation that if someone was, turns out to have been Tameh, this Tumat Tehom, uh, then Hasit Meratzeh, if we brought Korban Pesach, it's okay, the Korban Pesach is valid for him because he really had no way of knowing that he had been in contact with Tumah. That's the law we're talking about. Okay, so we know for sure that this law applies to an owner. The owners of the Korban, uh, if they find out that they are Tameh, it's okay. What we're going to ask today is, what about for the Kohen? What if the Kohen who's performing the Korban Pesach um, finds out that he is uh, that he was came into contact with an unknown grave? Uh, it doesn't have to be an unknown grave necessarily. It could be any source of impurity that was not known by anybody in the world. Uh, does the law apply to the Kohen also? And then it's therefore it's valid? Or does this dispensation only apply to owners? That's the big question. We're going to ask later, does it apply to the Kohen for Korban Tamid? Uh, not, to, not only for Korban Pesach. Does it, assuming it does apply to Korban Pesach, what about for Korban Tamid? We're going to ask for the source of this law. And then we're going to try to figure out, just to clarify, if, it's, if it becomes known before or after the sprinkling, sprinkling of the blood, does that make a difference? All right, but the most complicated part is going to be up here. Uh, so we're going to quote a Braita, we quoted, we quoted this Braita yesterday, uh, that said, an unknown, a pure, uh, unknown impurity, this whole law of Tumat uh, HaTehom and the special dispensation that it's okay, only applies to corpse impurity, but not anything else. And so w- when we say not anything else, like what else could it be, could it apply to? Uh, is it coming to exclude the Sheretz? That if there was an unknown Sheretz, uh, nevertheless, the person well, the owner who brought it would be would be okay, and his korban would, would be valid. Well, we mentioned that yesterday that um, there's an opinion that if someone is definitely impure from a sheretz, uh, he knows it, uh, he can still offer a korban pesach because they'll become pure that night. So therefore, this beraita cannot be coming to exclude a sheretz, um, and so therefore, since it's not excluding a sheretz. That by the owner, it must be excluding something from for the Kohen. And so you see the Kohen is included in the special dispensation. If a Kohen becomes Tameh by corpse impurity, he can still do the Korban, uh, an unknown, the Korban Pesach is still valid. Maybe not a shed, it's for a Kohen. Uh, so that's where we left it, that the Kohen is in, included in this law, because uh, otherwise we can't make sense of the Braita. But today we're going to see another interpretation. 
Perhaps when the Braita said the unknown impurity only applies to a corpse, it came to exclude when the owner is impure from a Zav. And that's why he was talking about only corpse for a Zav. But in fact, it has no application to a Kohen. Uh, we're going to end up rejecting this and show that a Zav, if a Zav brings a Korban Pesach, it's going to be okay anyway. And so therefore, uh, we don't really need this unknown impurity. So maybe it does apply to a Kohen. We're going to end up coming back to answer A and uh, say that impure from Sheretz may not offer a Korban Pesach. And by, if we, uh, once we do that, um, we, can, we can say that it is in fact coming to exclude, exclude the Sheretz, but not coming to include a Kohen. Okay, so the solution, the, the answer from, from this entire section is going to be, does unknown impurity apply to a Kohen for Pesach? Not necessarily, right? There's no proof that it does. All right, so let's go, we're going to jump to B here, uh, which is where we left off. Okay. Okay, can we infer from the Braita that a Kohen would be included in the law of Tehom? No, that law that Braita was talking about, only the owners, not talking about Pesach. Not talking about a Kohen. And when it said the law of unknown impurity applies only to corpse impurity, it was coming to exclude a person who was a Zav or Zava, um, that that person would, would not be able to bring Korban Pesach. And even though it's an unknown case, uh, still the, uh, the law of unknown impurity does not apply to a Zav or a Zava. And so therefore it doesn't mean anything about a Kohen. Okay, so that's what we're gonna, well, right now, but we're gonna reject this. Hold on, is that true? That if someone is a Zav, does the law of Tumatahom not apply and uh, and say that his korban is acceptable? It does. If you have a woman, a woman who sees blood for one day or two days in a row, the, she just has to wait one day of a clean, one clean day, she goes to the mikveh during the day and then she's tahor at night. So what if she's waiting that clean day um, uh, corresponding to a day on which she did uh, see blood and she does shechita for korban pesach after she goes to the mikveh and the kohen sprinkles the blood for her on that second day. And then later in that day, she sees a, a blood a second time uh, or a third time and she cannot eat from the Korban Pesach because she's Tameh, right? Will be another day or several days till she becomes Tahor. Nevertheless, she does not have to do Pesach Sheni. In other words, the first Korban, that Korban that she did is valid. Even though she was a Zava, it's a valid Korban. Ah. So, right, so it turns out, looks like that the, uh, the law of Tumat Tehom actually would apply to a Zava. And we say no. My tama, la mishum demirasesis, is it not because the front lid of the Kohen Gadol uh, atones for it? And so this is a this is an application of uh, unknown. It's all called unknown in this case. It's different from the other ones. In the other ones, there was a body that was not known that there was there, or a mouse 
dead mouse that was not known that was there. This one is unknown for a different reason. Um, a person saw, she saw blood on the first day. She doesn't know if she's going to see blood the next day. So she goes to the mikveh and the unknown part of it is the future, right? If she doesn't see blood, she'll be tahor and everything's fine. If she does see blood, then she will be tameh. So that's it. That's why it's considered within the same category of unknown impurity. No one in the world knows what's going to happen. So, uh, so here, so isn't that just because it is included in the law of unknown impurity? No, for a different reason. The Biyose says that when she goes to the mikveh in the morning, then she becomes tahor. And if everything would go well, she might be tahor the whole day. If she, if she sees a second time blood later in the day, she only becomes Tameh from then on. So therefore, if she went to the mikveh at 10 a.m. in the morning, then she brought her Korban Pesach at 2 p.m. And then she saw blood at 3 p.m. When she did the Korban Pesach, she was Tahar. And that's why it's a valid Korban Pesach. She can't eat it because she'll be Tameh at night, right? But otherwise, it's totally fine. So the truth is, we don't even need the whole uh, Tumat Tehom exclusion because she's actually Tahar during that entire time. Now, is that true that the Biyosef says that? The Biyosef says that, now we're applying the same thing to a male, a Zav who saw twice and therefore has to wait for seven days. A Zav who sees twice has to wait for seven days. Um, and so they, he's, it's the seventh day, the 14th of Nisan is the seventh day. And they did Korban Pesach for him. And they sprinkled the blood, the blood for him. And then later in the day, he saw another Zav emission. So he becomes Tameh. Uh, or a woman who uh, saw blood one day and is waiting the second day and she was pure in the morning. She went to the mikveh in the morning and then she does Korban Pesach and then she sees blood again. According to this Braita, also according to Biosea, same person as above, she becomes Tameh retroactively from the morning, which means at the time she did Korban Pesach, she was Tameh. Uh, so it really doesn't make sense that it's only Mikanul Haba, which he said here. Rather, it is, it is retroactively. So according to this, it sounds like the Korban Pesach should not be good because she had been Tameh during that time. Yet the Baraita says, Pesach sheni. Nevertheless, the Pesach is valid, which is very strange, right? So what is the reason for this? How could the Pesach be valid if she was Tameh retroactively? When we said she's that's not on the Doraita level, only at the Rabbanan level. She has to worry. Anything she touched or he touched during that time is going to be Tameh. But from Midoraita, she is in fact Tahor. Um, she only becomes Tameh from the time that she sees blood or he sees another emission. So during the time when, when they did the Korban Pesach, they were in fact pure Midoraita. And that's why the Korban is acceptable Midoraita for them. And we have a proof that the Biyoseh thinks this way, that the impurity is not retroactive midoraita, but only from the time they see on. The must think, agree with this also, that that is what the Biyoseh said, as we see from the following conversation, that Tanya the Biyoseh Soter et shelefanav. Oh, if a zav, as he was, he was uh, good the whole time. He was, he saw clean. He has to wait seven clean days. He waited seven days, and then on the last day, 
uh, he sees another emission. It uh, destroys all the days he's waiting. He has to start again and wait seven new days. That's what Rabbi Yoshea said. He said, no, only that day. That day is no good. So you just have to add one more day. That's it. And we wonder about that. We're interrupting. If you think that impurity applies retroactively, then it'll go all the way back to the first day. And so he has to start counting all over again. If it's from now on, then even that day should be fine because on the seventh day, he goes to the mikveh in the morning. If he, and that's already mixatayom kikulo, so that's already seven days. If he sees uh, another mission after, at the end of the day, then it's only from then on. So even that day should count. So why should, why could you say only the last day doesn't count? He has to add only one more day. So we must have gotten it wrong. Ela ema lo yistod velo yomo. Rabbi Yochanan's opinion was it doesn't break anything because uh, it only goes from now on and it does not, uh, he waited seven days. And the partial days, like the whole thing, that's like seven full days, and so he's he's good to go. That's was that's what Rabbi Yochanan told Rabbi Yoshea. To that, Rabbi Yoshea responded, Rabbi Yoshea said, Rabbi Yochanan, you agree with Rabbi Yose. Um, so which means from now on. Now, how could that be? And the Brayta we saw before, Rabbi Yosef says it goes retroactively, which means he would agree, not agree, not agree with Rabbi Yochanan. Rather, you have to do the whole seven days again. Rather, it must be that in that Brayta, and this is a proof for it, when he said, um, retroactively, that's only midrabanan. And so we're not talking about the drabanan level because we just want to know if the Koban Pesach is valid or not. And so since midraita, the, uh, the the Zav was tame, was tahor during the middle of the day because he went to the mikveh in the morning and he only saw a mission at night. So therefore, the Koban Pesach is valid for him and he's fine. All right, now, now we come back to our original question. Now that we established, according to the Biyoseh, that it's only from now on. Therefore, this whole law cannot apply to a Zav, because if a Zav uh, brings a Korban Pesach, it'll be fine, uh, no matter what, right? Because if this, if that will that night will be his time when he can start eating, even if he sees an emission after, well, during that time, right? Because he went to the Mikveh in the morning, he'll be able to eat Korban Pesach. So we don't need the whole seats. We don't need the uh, unknown impurity law for a Zav. So therefore, that Baraita Rabbi Chia, way above, is not talking, not coming to exclude a Zav. If it's not coming to exclude a Zav, then what is he excluding? Why does he say the law of unknown impurity only applies to a corpse? Ah. Since it's not excluding anything else for an owner, it must be talking about a Kohen, that the law of, the law of, uh, of unknown impurity Corpse impurity applies to a Kohen, and a Kohen would not, it would not apply to a Kohen if it was a different kind of impurity. Oh, so now we can finally uh, figure out our answer that, in fact, an unknown, unknown impurity does apply to a Kohen, right? Because we rejected A and we rejected B. But we're not going to leave it like that. We're going to come back to A. And in the first time, we were assuming that an impure Shedetz may offer a Koban Pesach, but there is another opinion that someone who's impure from a Shedetz may not offer a Korban Pesach. And so if we follow that one, then there's no proof. Where he's talking about the owner who uh, was in contact with an unknown impurity. And 
regarding Korban Pesach, not uh, Korban that the Nazir brings, and so we hold, we, ha- we have the opinion, we follow the opinion that when someone is Tamer Sheretz, we cannot offer Korban Pesach on his behalf, and therefore the Bichi had come in, to come and say, even if it was an unknown Sheretz, it was hidden, and no one knew it was there, nevertheless, uh, he does not get the special dispensation of the seats, um, he cannot bring the korban, and it will not be valid. And so, therefore, since that could be talking about that, we have no we have no proof that the that the kohen can have this dispensation. Okay, so that's the that's the answer to that. Now, a side question: Now that you told me about Rabbi Yosef, that when uh, someone who is a is a zav or a zava, that their impurity starts only from the time that they see on. So that means if she saw blood yesterday, and then she went to the mikveh in the morning of the next day. And so now she might be okay. Um, but so she's pure during that day. But then she sees blood again in the afternoon. Well, no, that does not connect to the previous day. She's impure only from now on. If that's true, then how could you ever have a zava gemora, meaning a zava who sees three days in a row? Each day separates from the one before. There's no continuity, right? Uh, so that's the question to the Biyoseh. How, what, what, how could you have a case where each one would add on to the other? So he has two answers. One, Bishafat, maybe she's continually bleeding all three days. And therefore, there was no time at which it stopped in which she could go to the mikveh and then you could start anew. Or she saw during twilight between the first and second day and during twilight between, between the second and third day. And so there, therefore also there was no beginning of a day in which she was not bleeding that you could say, oh, this is a, her first clean day. Um, each day was, uh, was uh, and, th- and therefore uh, continuous with the day before. So that's interesting. The Biosea would make it a lot harder for anyone to ever become a Zava because only in these two cases, not if she happened to spot um, um, uh, bleed on, uh, you know, at some, at, uh, just during, in the middle of the, of the first, second day, and third day. Uh, okay, so that resolves the first question. Now we get to the next question. How about this whole thing that we said about the unknown impurity? Does it apply to Kohen for Pesach? Uh, we said there is no proof that it does, but it could be that it does. And so now let's say, let's say it does, right? Let's say we answered yes to this. Um, how about for Korban Tamid, which the, only the Kohen can bring? Uh, so what if he, the Kohen, was walking along, he did Korban Tamid, he, on his way back, it turns out there was an unknown source of impurity, an unknown corpse on the road where he had walked. Does that mean that retroactively the Korban Tamid is no good? Or do we, does he apply that special dispensation? That's the question. We're going to see two answers. Rabbah and Rabbah are both going to say yes, that it's okay, and it applies to Kohen. This is quite interesting, because this whole section, we were saying no, all the opinions were saying, no, it does not apply to Kohen. But then we say, all right, let's say it does, right? How about for Kaban Tamid? And we're going to say, yes, it can. Uh, just two ways to uh, to derive it from a Kavah or from a Gezer shava from Pesach. So here's the question. Ba'ayi Rav Yosef. Kohen betamid tumata tehom the Kohen who's dealing with the Korban Tamid and preparing it, does if he had was in contact with an unknown corpse grave, uh, is he permitted? Is that permitted or not? If you say that it works for other Korbanot, that of a Nazir and Pesach, then does it also work for, for a Tamid? 
מי המעניינן כי גמידי טומטת עומד בפסח בתמיד לא גמידי, עוד יום יליף תמיד מפסח. Do we learn תמיד from those other two, or do we, do we learn it only regarding פסח ונת תמיד, or can we learn from פסח and it applies to תמיד also? That's the question. All this is assuming that the answer to the previous question was yes. If it does not work for the Quran for פסח, then for sure it would not work for תמיד. All right, that's the question. Amar Abba. Kal v'chomer, ma ba b'makom shelo hutra lo tumah yedua? Hutra lo tumah tatehom, makom shehutra lo tumah yedua? Eno din shehutra lo tumah tatehom? So the kal v'chomer follows is like this. In a place, in other words, the Pesach offering, where, um, uh, where for the, uh, if, it, if it was for sure tumah yedua, uh, right, if it was uh, 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 for sure that the person that he was Tameh, if the Kohen was for sure Tameh, uh, it would not be good. And yet, right, there was no, sorry, there was no dispensation if he knew he was Tameh. Um, and yet, and nevertheless, for the Kohen, because we established, we said yes for the question above. Okay, so it's like this if for the Kohen, for whom, if he knew he was Tameh, it would not be okay. He could not bring Korban Pesach. But for Tumat Tehom, it's okay. Then for Korban Tamid, where if he knows for sure he's Tameh, he can still bring Korban Tamid, right? That was one of the places that overrides, just like um, uh, Pesach is overridden for, for Tumah, so too you can bring Korban Tamid, even though you know for sure it's Tameh. So all the more so if for Tumat Tehom, where it was unknown that it will be permitted um, after the fact. So therefore, this Kavach Omer, uh, seems to make a lot of sense, right? That Korban Tamid should be more lenient for the Kohen, because the Kohen, who is for sure Tameh, and there's no other Kohen around to do Korban Tamid, we still do the Korban Tamid betumah. So for sure, when it was unknown, it should uh, be allowed. Okay, so that's a good, that's a good uh, Kav HaChomed. What's the problem with it? This whole law of Tumat HaTehom is not found in Pesukim. Uh, rather, it is a, an oral tradition. Uh, and we have a rule that we do not derive a kalba chomer from something that is a halacha l'moshe misinai. Um, we prove that from here. When he was dealing with the law of Nazir, and so we know that if a Nazir touches um, even the a barley-sized bone of a body becomes tameh. He wanted to learn a kavachomet from there to uh, to a rivi'it. And there the rabbis told, and the, rest, the other rabbis said, no, you can't learn a halacha. You can't learn a kavachomet from a halacha Moshe Sinai. So too here you can't. Uh, the reason seems to be that although kavachomet seems to be a, just a logical inference, it only applies to the Torah. Because so, Torah is a whole unified system. And if the Torah tells you a law in one case, then you can derive that uh, the other case should be more stringent. Whereas things that are an oral tradition, these might be just an exception, um, just for this particular thing, but doesn't fit into the, the entire rest of the structure. So you cannot necessarily learn something from a Kavachomed unless it's actually in the Torah. Ela Amadavadav has a second answer. He agrees that the answer is, the answer is yes, but from a different derivation. Elif Mo'ado, Mo'ado, Mi Pesach. The word Mo'ado appears in these two cases. And we saw that we uh, derived them, we back and forth. We learned from this that Korban Pesach can be done on Shabbat. And we learned the other way around that we do Korban Tamid even when it's Tameh. So just like also when you know you for sure you're Tameh, you do it. We're going to learn the Tumat Tatum also 
from the from Pesach. Okay, so that's how we answered that question. Right, we're going to learn from learn it from a Gezer Shava. Apparently, you can use a Gezer Shava for something that is a halachah but not Okay, but now we know want to know the source for this entire law. I know we just said that it's an oral tradition, which means it has no source. Uh, but this this question of the sugya seems to be before chronologically before uh, this discussion, right? Because this discussion, Rabban Rava already assumed that there is no source. Uh, it's a The only question is, how do we jump from Pesach to uh, to Tamid? But how do we know regarding Pesach? That's a Okay, but uh, now bracket that off, we're kind of going back in time and saying, how do we know, what's the source in general? We're going to conclude that it's an oral tradition, but we're going to try to derive it from Pasuk first. Regarding the Nazir, it says, if a man should die all of a sudden beside him, alav. Now, why does it say that word alav, beside him? That means that it's a case where he knows that there is a body there. Then it's a problem for the Nazir. But let's say it was not alav. Let's say it was, it was not, he didn't see it. And it was furthermore unknown. Um, then he, then the Nazir would not have a problem. Okay, so that's how you learn it from Nazir. Nazir Pesach How do we know that someone made Korban Pesach? He also, he, if he doesn't know, if it's an unknown uh, corpse, it's okay. Right, the person was talking about Pesach Sheni, it says, the word lachem can be referring to the entire previous phrase. So, when it's impure to you, meaning when it's clear that you are impure, then you cannot do Korban Pesach Rishon. But if it's not clear, then you can. So there you go. That's how we know that uh, if it's an unknown source of impurity, Pesach can do it. Um, you can do Korban Pesach. That's Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Shimon ben Nakish has an alternate derivation, Amar Kederech. As the best of us says, uh, so what do you mean a derech? A derech is a road. Just like a road is open and exposed to all, so too, uh, only if the tumah is known, uh, like, like a road, then it's, uh, then it's a problem and he cannot bring korban pesach rishon. However, if it was unknown, then he can bring the korban pesach. Okay, so there you go, three derivations from Pesukim, but we're going to have a problem with all of them based on this Baraita. Metibe. Ezehu tumatatehom kol shelohi kirba echad besof haolam. When is something called tumatatehom and get the special dispensation that if it's brought with tumah, it's still okay? Only if nobody in the whole world, not even at the end of the edge of the world, knew that this body existed. If there's even one person, let's say the guy who murdered uh, was a murderer and he hid the body, he's the only person that knows. That's not called tumatatom because someone knows about it. We only allow the special leniency if, the, if zero people in the whole world know about it. If somebody knows about it, even if you don't know about it, since someone knows about it, um, you know, that. Potentially, you could have asked them and uh, they could have publicized this. And so uh, that person is called Tameh. And uh, if you bring a Korban Pesach for that person, then that's not valid. Okay, that's what the Braita says. So this, this Braita is a problem for all three of the answers above. 
Lazar's answer regarding Nazir is about him. When he knows that there's a body, as if it's, he knows so well as if it's Allah, as if it's right next to him. But that's only about him. If he doesn't know it, but let's say there is someone else in the world that knows about it. Right, so according to this derivation, it would still be tumat tehom because he doesn't know about it. But that's not true. It's only tumat tehom if nobody knows about it. So that's not a good derivation. And how about for the biochanan? It says if it's a tameh lachem to you, plural. That means that not only one person, two people uh, would have to know about it. Um, and. Uh, so this and our law is only one person in the world. No, even if one person in the world knows about it, then it's uh, not tomat tehom at, uh, already. And here, it, uh, two people know about it. It's not called tomat tehom. So that can't be a derivation. And is even worse because he says if it's known to as as you know as open as a road. Um, is known the Tumah, then it's a problem for him. But if, uh, if, if all those people don't know about it, then it's Tumah Tehom. But that doesn't work with this Baraita either, which says has to be zero people in the world uh, know about it, right? Not good enough if it's, um, if it's unknown to a lot of people, it has to be zero people. So therefore, all these derivations are not valid. Ela Tehom, Tumah Tehom Kilchetagimirila. Rather, this whole thing is an oral tradition, not based on a pasuk. And all these pasukim that these three amoraim brought are only support, but not an actual derivation. This is a very important concept, asmachta. Right? We say this a lot. If something, uh, sometimes we use it wrongly to say if a pasuk doesn't make sense, that that the drasha doesn't make sense, and pasuk is not it's not the pashat. We say, oh, maybe it was an asmachta. But truth is that the, with the few times it's used, the bunch of times it's used throughout the Talmud, they never reject, uh, never say that something's asmachta because it doesn't fit with the words of the pasuk. Rather, they only say it because the uh, the law is already established to be derabanan and or ahlacha. Um, and so, and, and in this case, the way that you would derive it would not fit with the halacha. So therefore, it's, that's not the problem with the meaning of the pasuk, with the pashat, but rather a problem with the, uh, the way it would be derived would not be true according to the definition of the b'raita. So therefore, we have to say it's asmachta. Uh, so that's what we say here. Okay. Uh, and finally, um, uh, a general question. Uh, does it matter if it became known before or after the sprinkling? Uh, we dealt with this above, but we're going to uh, talk about it again. This whole law of the uh, of the tumata tehom that the, the the frontlet will work and this is going to be okay because he didn't know about the tuma. That's only if nodat law. He did the zirika first, the Kohen did the sprinkling first, and then afterwards, uh, the owner realized, or maybe the Kohen, uh, realized that they had been in contact with a dead body that no, nobody knew about it. Then it's okay. But, uh, but if he knew, if he found out about it, even if it was an unknown body, but he found out about it, and now, then he knew was, he was Tameh, and then did the zirika, it's no good, it's invalid. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, but we have a problem because we have a b'raita that contradicts it. Hamosemet If one finds a body that's across the way, uh, so it's blocking the entire width of the road, 
that if it's a Kohen, then for purposes of Tirumah, that Kohen will be Tamein, cannot have Tirumah, because there's no special dispensation for, for Tirumah. The Nazir ve'ose Pesach Tahor, ve'chol Tameh ve'tahor le'haba hu But if it's a Nazir, or someone who wants to make a Koban Pesach, and he goes and uh, goes over that spot, um, then Tahor, he can bring the Koban Pesach, and he can continue being a Nazir. Why? Uh, and, and furthermore, all this is lehaba. It even applies for the future. So when he passes over that unknown grave and he finds out, then he can still go ahead and do it and uh, finish his Korban Pesach. And so you see, that means the opposite of what Mor Barabash said. So rather, we're going to change the words of Mor Barabash. Do not say what he said before, that if it became known to him after the sprinkling, that's when it's valid. But if he knew it before, it's not valid. Even if he knew he was Tamer beforehand, it's still Merasseh. The reason is because it was an unknown source of impurity. And therefore, that has a special dispensation. Even if you found out about it, you can still go ahead after that and do the Qurban. All right, we're going to end with a, uh, a full quotation of the Braita. We quoted just bits and pieces of it before, but here's the whole thing in context. Gufa One finds a corpse uh, on the, uh, along the, the width of the road, um, regarding Tirum, for the laws of Tirumah, he's Tamer. But for the, for the laws of Nazir and Pesach, it's Tahor, right, with special dispensation. That's only true if there's no other way to get around. The body was across the whole way. But if it was only partially, uh, only blocking partial, part of the way or under part of the way, and there was, it could be that you went past that road and went on the other, on the other side. And so in that case, even for Tirumah, we can assume that you passed by not on top of the corpse and you'd be okay. In general, when you have a doubt about Tuma and Tahara in a public area, we are lenient and we assume that's okay. And furthermore, when does this stringency apply? That's only, uh, only if the body was whole. But if it was in pieces, then you can assume that he stepped between them. But if it was all in the grave, then even if the body is in pieces or bones, nevertheless, if the grave holds them together, and so the grave makes them all as one. Uh, furthermore, when do we, are we stringent regarding the, 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 the Tiruma guy? Uh, when he's walking by foot. But if he's holding a load or going on an animal, because the load is big and the animal's big, and they would be in ohel uh, over the tumah. If someone's walking, it could be that he stepped over it and he was not big enough, wide enough to be in ohel. So he could have gone over it and be tahor. But if you're carrying a load, uh, or with an animal, then it's impossible that you will not touch it or make an ohel. All this is only talking about this dispensation where it would be tahor if uh, for Nazir and Pesach. That's only talking about if it was unknown. 
uh, a source of impurity. But if it was known, even if you didn't know it, but other people knew about it, then you'd be Tameh. And what is the definition of that? I like this Braita. Each, each, uh, each clause continually redefines and specifies the one before. Only if no one in the whole world knew about it. But if one person knew about it, then it's not either. How do you find out? You have to take a census of everybody in the world. No, you can tell based on the circumstances, right? As follows. If he was hidden underneath hay, dirt, pebbles, then you can assume that this just fell on him and nobody put him there. Nobody knew, knew, knew the body was there. So that's called Tumatahom. However, if it's another place where people do go from time to time and probably would have found him, if he's uh, in water, in the dark, in clefts of a rock, even though it's not a main thoroughfare, but people do go from time to time, then you have to assume that someone did know about him. And finally, and the whole law of only applies to a, to a body, to a corpse that we did not know that was there. It does not apply to other types of tumah, like sheretz and zav. Uh, and so actually, this is the source that we began with uh, the entire daf. And so we uh, begin and end with the same source.